My name's Lee Maxey, and I'm delighted to be here with a new pod podcast guest for the Mind Maxing Podcast, Adolescence to Adulthood, with Dr. Mariana Amatulo, who's leading the Parsons Exec Ed uh, at the New School. And, and uh, I've known Mariana now, I think it's probably three or four years, uh, and she is a... a truly global person. She's a world traveler and, and, and has a really good sense of, in my mind, a much broader perspective than just the U.S. Uh, perspective of both education but of, of things in general. Um, the Adolescence to Adulthood podcast uh, focuses on what happens as, as a younger person starts to move towards adulthood. And as we know, adulthood uh, is not a specific age. Um, so adulthood uh, back in the 80s, um, as James Carnivale mentioned, is, you know, was 25 for financial independence uh, in 1983, and now it's 32. Uh, so when someone becomes an adult is, is a very flexible uh, time. But I'm looking forward to talking with Mariana and, and, and welcome and uh, glad you could glad you could join us and, and really want to start off with a, a first question around how is our educational system, how are educational systems in general, uh, or how is education helping adolescents move to adulthood? So. Well, it's great to be with you, Lee, and be part of this program and podcast. Um, and thank you for that generous introduction. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it, this is such a large question, right? So we can break it up in, in different pieces. But um, we are um, coming out of this uh, global pandemic and the forced experiment that I called um, this forced experiment of going remote. Um, I think we're seeing uh, new opportunities and new challenges uh, connected to your question. But um, to start answering it, how are, you know, how are young people moving through education these days? It's very clear that the way they're learning um, and consuming information is so connected to the digital. Um, these are, you know, born digital learners. And so, so how, how learning is happening across multi-channels and devices and the, the phone device, the mobile devices, um, how uh, reading is happening and how um, experiences connected to the social in education is happening. All of that is shifting uh, and changing, I think, before our eyes. And um, there's a lot of opportunity, but also a lot of challenges connected to that. Yeah, you mentioned this, the social, and I think that's actually something that um, I'll call it our educational structures don't necessarily embrace uh, or haven't yet uh, as much as I, I think there's opportunity there. You know, what do you see happening uh, around that, I'll call it peer network and, and sort of, you know, I, I learned this and, and sharing it with, you know, my social group as, a, as an adolescent or as a young adult? Yeah, um, again, a lot of um, new possibilities um, that are positive through through social media and through you know things like um, you know all all of the different platforms people are using um, to to connect, um, but also a loss, <laughs> I think, in some cases, right of 
um, very basic skills that one has when you have the opportunity to to develop those face to face. And um, there's a tension there um, that is that is very real. We are seeing, um, you know, we've been seeing this in in higher education in this country. Uh, very before the pandemic, very concerning uptake of uh, mental health issues, well-being issues, um, and the connection to to isolation and um, and loneliness um, that the pandemic has brought about, uh, along with all sorts of socioeconomic issues, especially for more disadvantaged, vulnerable families, is very real. Um, what I have experienced firsthand as a professor at Parsons, um, teaching during the pandemic online, and also now teaching back uh, in our in our studios and seminars um, in New York City um, with students, and these are graduate students, so they are a little bit more mature and have had a, a you know much more. Um, experiences and expertise behind behind them by the time I'm working with them. But there's definitely, you know, they talk about um, a sense of joy of being back together again, but also, um, you know, uh, an, an adaptation happening um, after these two years of, of a lot of isolation. Um, so I think we, we don't quite have a, a grip on all of this and we're still working through it. Uh, I know Parsons, you know, has a sort of a, you know, specifically unique, uh, you know, art and the physical presence for studios has to be um, what I consider to be, you know, benefiting from being back face to face that might have been hard to address uh, in a remote environment. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, for sure, a lot of our our um, disciplines are about making as much as about, um, you know, the intellectual inquiry that happens in, in with other forms um, uh, of learning. Um, and there's been a lot of innovation, again, forced innovation with the pandemic and needing to be online. But um, there, there are things that you don't replace. And it's just been fantastic to, to have our making centers full of students again. So as so as um, students, whether they're in their late teens or in their early twenties, in their burgeoning career slash first jobs, uh, are are trying to make that work for them. What are some things that you know are educational barriers or 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 not as effective that that institutions and or systems or approaches have, have made it more difficult or, or yeah well some of it is around scheduling and very rigid curriculum right where you cannot advance if you don't you know you have prerequisites etc um and um for the student that is um a working student this, this can be you know quite or that might be managing a young family all of this can be can be challenging um, so the flexibility of learning on their own terms, on their own time, that hybrid models and online uh, allows, uh, and the asynchronous-synchronous sort of relationship allows, 
I think we're seeing an appetite for that for um, demographic of learners um, that have, um, you know, complex lives. Um, that is is not a barrier; it's an opportunity. But the barriers, I would say, you know, continue to be, and especially in this country, huge barrier is access and the finances of our educational um, model in the United States. Um, and then, uh, and then there are those work life balance barriers um, that that are real. Um, yeah, we've just uh, had our our sort of quarterly all hands meeting uh, as a company, and and uh, I, I'm particularly sensitive to the the work life balance stress that our team is under um it's it's really complicated these days and and to throw you know education like I, and i know you know as a professor you're you're there to to interact and expect those students to be present for what you're teaching and yet there could be a lot of things going on these days because the the blur is is quite significant uh the boundaries have been either erased or or definitely blurred um, in terms of what time someone's working and, and what time the family's available. And uh, I've just heard a lot of different stories about just people don't have the ability to carve out uh, time to learn. Right, right. And, and, and I think there's such pressure, right, around um, accomplishment, um, around um, uh, you know, completing a degree so you can move on to to this or that. Um, that sometimes uh, inquiry, yeah, right? The process of learning and the process of inquiry, and and this is especially true um, when you get to graduate level work. Um, that there is a maturation in that happens intellectually. That you need to give you need to give it time, and you need to create a space for reflection and self awareness, and um, and that's not always um, easy to do. I think for us as educators, um, but um, when when we accomplish that, I think it then pays off for these learners not only in that particular class or subject matter that they may be studying, but it but it has a halo effect. I would say in other parts of their learning journey or learning arc. Um, and I know that, again, as a professor who, you know, teaches leadership and, and, and innovation at Parsons, um, I focus a lot on this, on these more sort of holistic um, dimensions of, of teaching and learning, whether it's online or on site, mm -hmm. and that I think are really needed uh, for this generation today. I, I think you bring up a wonderful point and i i see this with i'll call it a western culture that that spirit of inquiry rather than goal accomplishment um i think that spirit of inquiry i think is one of the greatest gifts of an educational space or can be um and i don't know in my life i know that uh creating space and or time to do that is it takes work um because because Deadlines and goals are usually what drives my, I'll call it my calendar, um, or drives my day. Um, and, and, uh, you know, creating space for that inquiry, I think is a, is a true gift, but I think that's a hard thing to do. And I, I don't know that 
like you were talking about that at Parsons, I don't know if that's happening in a lot of students' educational experience at that graduate age. So. Right, right. And we're very focused on it, both at the undergrad and undergrad and graduate level, um, and, you know, all the way through non-degree spaces, which I, which I work on and oversee at the university. Um, there's this beautiful quote, and I think it comes really from a, you know, design mindset. There's this beautiful quote by one of the great theoretical minds of uh, 20th century Horst Rittel coined, you know, the term with Max Weber, wicked, wicked problems, so problems that are interdependent and complex. But he has this quote that says, you know, learning what the problem is, is the problem. And it's a very designerly approach thinking about, um, you know, that that we really need to be asking the right questions, right, as, part, as a process of inquiry to get to a goal, to get to meeting uh, an outcome. Um, and we definitely in, uh, in design education, but also in the creative realms we teach, whether that's, you know, the performing arts um, at Copa, the new school, or whether we're looking at um, our space in social science with a very critical and social justice lens, um, we're always um, deconstructing problems to ask the right questions. And, that is a process of inquiry. Um, it's very, it permeates our institution at the new school uh, throughout our five colleges. Um, and again, it, it does necessitate time. And, uh, and uh, back to the earlier points we were making around people being very stressed and having other, other daily, the daily grind getting at them, um, that takes a toll in, in that ability to, you know, to fly and be super creative. So looking forward uh, about, you know, how, you know, we know that there's going to be a drop in 18 year olds uh, going to, going to college, that the demographics are changing so significantly. Mm -hmm. We're now at 60, 40 female to male. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing uh, a potential drop in, in interest in master's programs. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's going to continue uh, based on what I'm what I'm taking in from information that I process. Um, what do you see as how education is going to continue to to support people in their their movement to adulthood and and or um, you know what do you see as some of the futures of of innovation in in, in education? Yeah, I think that, you know we all the data that you're quoting right is showing those demographic changes. There's behavior and expectation changes from both the learners and from the employers, right? We know that with the digitalization of the world um, that we have, um, you know, all the sort of um, world economic reports and all of the workforce reports are showing this need for upskilling and reskilling and people transversing several jobs um, going forward. And um, so there's definitely in this marketplace of education, if we call it that, right, there, there is definitely all these important models that are no longer just the degree level model of the university, but all of these players um, being very successful, um, whether from the private sector uh, or not, right, taking on um, taking on a, a piece of this pie <laughs> to, to think about what learners want or need or, or, or will need 
Um, and there, so there's a very important economics uh, sort of landscape that now is become um, very, um, very varied, I would say, and is really evolving rapidly and uh, are, you know, incredibly prestigious universities and key sort of places like like us with the number one art and design school in the world, Parsons in, in the country, number three ranked in the world, were really paying a lot of attention to these things from also a perspective of um, serving and, and making our education more affordable and thinking about questions of access and inclusion and social justice and how might we create in the non-degree space um, pathways to the degree space that might foster that access and that inclusion? Um, so I think we we are seeing, uh, if I go back to your question, expectations of learners that will want more than just one, you know, one path towards education, a smaller bites. Um, we have seen, um, and you know this very well, all the stackable credentials and all of the micro-credentials of conversation explode in the last few years. And I expect we will continue um, seeing all of that mature and get better and get stronger in terms of questions of accreditation and questions of pathways. And I think that all of that is, is quite exciting from a perspective of broadening um, choices for people to learn in their own terms when they, when they need to, to do so. Um, that said, I don't think you know, our degree structures um, are going away anytime soon. Um, they will be needed. Um, but I also there feel that, you know, there is an opportunity for um, innovation in the delivery and the student experience, the faculty experience, and that we only have really scratched the surface in terms of making those online experiences more immersive and more social and truly um you know, truly exciting. There's a lot that's happening and there's more that will happen coming coming our way. Yeah, I love the, the comment on pathways and I'll say honoring um, different pathways. We, we all have different backgrounds um, and we sometimes know where we're headed and sometimes we don't. And there's different places people are headed. So how could one pathway, you know, accomplish all of that? It, it doesn't. So I, I think that's, that's, that's great. Um, I, I think in terms of um, stackable, I've, I've gone, that was a huge like, oh yeah, this is great idea. I just don't know how, I really don't know how logistically it's actually going to happen. Um, and I, I'd like it to happen. I think it makes sense to me. Um, but one of the thoughts that came to mind is, you know, back in the 90s, I was doing a lot in corporate training and, and, uh, and there was the comment, the term was a learning organization, that big companies wanted to be a learning organization. And I would say at the time, you're a learning organization when you no longer have training that's outside of the work that if the learning is taking is is part of your work 
then you're a learning organization. Rather than taking a sabbatical, whether it's for a, a week or a day or whatever, to go learn somewhere, that if learning just becomes part of the expectation of the job. And I, I think given the way things are changing so quickly, I think I'd, I'd be interested in seeing corporations and universities starting to intertwine more around bringing learning into the workplace uh, as just part of the job. Uh, so that there isn't this tension between, uh, you know, doing your job and taking time off to learn um, or, or fitting that in amongst your family time and so forth. So, um, well, I want to thank you. Anything more you want to add as a, a closing comment or, or, or thoughts on, on this subject? Um, I mean, I think we talked a lot about the younger the younger journey, right, and to, into education, um, and I would just sort of flag the the adult that 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 journey, as you're saying, in a way, right, continues all the way into adulthood, and we're just very excited to be in that space with um, the work we're doing in in uh, executive education and imbuing, you know, uh, imbuing that space with new curriculum and new programs that hopefully bring a sense of um, creativity uh, and transformation um, to the learner who is very much, um, you know, leading the way in their industry, but needs that jolt of inspiration and new skills to propel them forward. Well, thank you. And, and thank you to Dr. Mariana Abatulo. Um, we really appreciate you joining us. And, and uh, this has been another Mind Maxing podcast. Thank you very much.